I think that when people realize that I'm open to it and I'm comfortable, people don't mind talking about it at all. Because I think it's that wall of judgment just gets dropped. Like, oh, I can ask you and you're not going to look at me weird and you're not going to think I'm crazy. This is The Maker's Moment, a weekly podcast where we hold space for creativity. We share our stories so we can learn from each other and use our experiences to challenge our often limiting beliefs. My name is Lee Schultes, and I know that in every person, there's an artist waiting to be rediscovered. We are here for makers in all of their moments. We know that it takes a healthy dose of community and a lot of play to get and stay creative. Sitting down with Nikki of Natural Path is a dream. Nikki has this air about her. It's calming. You sit down with her and you immediately feel at ease. I feel like she and I could both conquer the world or just have a lazy Sunday together. We talked a lot about things happening as they're meant to happen, how you can literally manifest and generate out of things that happen, and some simple steps for how to do that. Nikki talked about focusing on what you can control how there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to anything, especially herbal medicine. Keep in mind that neither Nikki nor I are doctors and that this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice. If you are encountering an emergency, whether it's with your physical or mental health, reach out to a licensed professional. I think that this episode is a small dose of something that we all need to have in our daily lives. We're all just adjusting. That's why. <laughs> okay, so you lit some juniper. For me, it kind of gives a reset. Like, we're doing this now. Let everything else go. My brain is always full with about 30 hamsters running on <laughs> different wheels. So it just kind of grounds me into a focus. Like, this is what we're doing now. This is where my attention is going. And it smells good. <laughs> it does smell really good. I've had juniper berries in cocktails before, but I've never actually burned juniper until today. And you can't, it's hard to find juniper berries. It is actually. And I, I found some recently, like a new source, but they, I'm pretty sure that they spray because it's like a commercial building. So I didn't, I didn't want to take from there. I do source all of my herbs from organic farms. Mostly right now I get my herbs from Mystic Farms in Fairview. And I have some leftover from last year that I got from Lunar Whale Farm. Where's that located? Leicester. They're very clean. And I know the people that run Mystic Farms very well. So I'm very comfortable with how they handle and take care of their farm. They're also part of Soil and Soul Project. Mm -hmm. And they like help build gardens. So how did you get into the herbal space? Was that a journey for you? Was it something you grew up around? I didn't not grow up around it at all, actually. I grew up with a nurse. My mom's a nurse. She was actually in nursing school when I was in middle school, so I would help her study. So it was, it was like pretty ingrained in me, actually, the other way. But I moved to Asheville 10 years ago, and I've been trying to heal my body naturally for a very long time, and that's when it really started. I started to read these books on like, I think the first one was called Woman Code, and it goes through all the things that as women, what we should and shouldn't eat, and it breaks it up into like where you are in your cycle and what you should and shouldn't eat. So I realized that I was using a lot of chemicals in like a lot of my products and I was eating kind of poorly. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I shifted to love and herbs. <laughs> <laughs> what was the biggest first step that you took? I'm not gonna lie. It was a lot all at once. Mm -hmm. After reading that book, the first thing I did was take my kitchen trash can and I absolutely filled it with everything in my house. Yeah. So you were super committed. I was seeking a better lifestyle with just energy and clearing my head and trying to feel anxiety a lot less. <laughs> yeah. This tastes so good. What good. did you put in here? You said it was for my liver. Liver love. 
the yeah. Merlot. Do you make that? No, blend? I don't make that one. I okay. needed it kind of quickly, so I purchased it, and it's it was made so locally. Good. And you yeah. just put it in Lacroix. Yeah. Nice. So I I can't drink. So part of my healing journey is I don't drink, mm-hmm. and that was a cold turkey thing too. But it makes me feel fancy when I can drink <laughs> out of a wine glass. I love that you just showed up for yourself overnight. I don't yeah. think it's as common that people would just then throw their whole kitchen away. <laughs> yeah. How did that feel for you? Uh, a lot of both ends of the spectrum. Really exciting and oh my god, is this going to work? Is this going to help me? And the other side, holy shit, I just threw so much money in away. Like... <laughs> But I think that it was really important. And I, I didn't waste a lot of it. Like, I, I don't believe in a lot of those products anymore at all. But I know people that use some of them. So I did set some aside and kind of distributed it to people I know who would use them. But mm-hmm. a lot of it was in the garbage can for a reason. <laughs> so a lot of people who might be listening, they might be at the beginning of their journey. I know that I've been super curious. There are a lot of huge role models in our community for the organic lifestyle. What would you recommend to somebody who's just getting started? For me, for example, I'm like, oh, man, that I might not be ready for a huge overhaul, but where could I start gaining more information to where I might be? I think it just depends on what it is. I think that I think that would be the place to start is to know that you're different than anybody else. Your body is different. Your mind is different. You were brought up differently. So I think the place to start would be just be with you and asking yourself a question like, well, what do I want to focus on? What am I trying to elevate? What am I trying to shift? Because there are so many ways you can go about that. And I found that you're somebody who you really let energies flow really naturally. You're super in tune with it. Thank you. Um, even, you know, we had had a conversation before we got on and I was like, oh man, well, I'm nervous about the money for this. And and you've just said, well, no, it'll come. It'll come when it's meant to. And it'll, you know, divine timing is something yeah. that you, I think it was divine lateness because I was a little yeah. bit late, but divine timing. Divine delays. Someone said that to me recently and I was like, wow, that sounds so much better than saying late. I'm doing my best to be on time, but I'm five minutes late, probably for a reason. Maybe there was a car accident ahead of me. I take full ownership for being late, but (laughs) things are meant to work out. Did you always have a mindset like that? No. (laughs) No, I definitely did not. I think that's part of my practice, honestly, is having those mantras and being able to say them out loud to people like you. And then when you take it and you enjoy it, you bounce it off of me. I feel like that's where I find my, my circle and the people I want to hang out with and spend time with. Right. So it's like true investment in your community and that reciprocal relationship there. Yeah. Is that what got you into the maker space? You are someone who's so invested in community. It's in an unassuming way, it seems like to me. Yeah. I have the best dog here. It's in in an unassuming way. You're there and you're present and you're positive. I had been wanting to do it for a long time and it was word of mouth, originally selling tinctures, teas, pretty much concoctions for people who are feeling a certain way and they would reach out to me just word of mouth and I would just kind of make a bundle for them. That's how it started. How it got to where it is. I was managing at a store downtown and gave a notice of one month and they told me that it was okay. I didn't have to come back the next day. So that was the huge catalyst into like, all right, we're doing this tomorrow then. And that's what started it. And to really take yourself seriously and that. Yeah. Sounds like that was its own little roller coaster. And you sat down and said, I'm going to take myself seriously and take my business seriously now. What was that shift like for you? Well, being a manifesting generator and an Aries, (laughs) I tend to kind of get a little bit out of control. And I did. But originally, it was heavy COVID time. So I wanted to create things that would help people just like feel better, have like a sense of just calm and being grounded. So I originally sold tinctures, tea, calming tea, tea for immune system. And I sold sprays, one for the shower, 
let's eucalyptus. So it was very, you know, relaxing and yeah. yeah, some thieves oil that smells great to spray, but it also is like a really wonderful disinfectant and natural. So originally that's where it started. When you talk about being a manifesting generator, what is that's Oh, your eyes got really bright. I love it. So tell me about that. So being a fellow Aries, I don't know much yeah. other than and I, I feel like this might be common where I don't, I'm in kind of an Asheville bubble where everyone knows everything about the Zodiac and crystals and all these things. And I don't. All I know is that Aries, I'm one. Yeah. And I definitely will double down on that sometimes. So tell me about being a manifesting generator. What does that mean to you? And what does that it's mean validating, <laughs> you know, like it, when I look up, I don't, I don't know a lot about the human design because it is extremely intricate. So it's, I, I wouldn't even say I know 101. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say I know how to read my own personal chart. It's just validating for like an ADHD mind and people get really excited. And if you can do it, do it. And that's kind of where my brain is at. A lot of the times, if I'm able to, I'm going to do it because I want to, and it's going to make me happy. So that's kind of the short answer to that. <laughs> so it's, I want, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is yeah. going to be my full-time job now. Okay. I don't need to come back. And yeah. within the context of this, I'm going to manifest and kind of generate that energy to move forward and create yeah. my own destiny is what it sounds like. Yeah. So I kind of just started it right away. And then I kept changing my products to see what was going to sell because there is a combination of what's going to sell really well, what is going to bring me a lot of joy making. And I wanted to bring other people joy too. So there is that combination of is it going to sell, but also is it going to benefit them and help their life somehow? If I make something, it has to fall into those categories. I love that you have that because I don't think a lot of people do. You hear the old adage, like if it's cheap and fast, then it's not going to be good. Or if it's good and I I forget Mm -hmm. all that up, but it's a triangle. I love that you had that from the very beginning of you could love it and it could sell. Yeah. But is it really benefiting you? Then I can't stand by it. It doesn't align with my vision. And what specifically does natural path do? That's a great question. And when choosing products, I have to go back to that a lot because otherwise I'll have, you know, a hundred different things, which I'm well on my way there. But I would say that naturopath creates products to remind you of your intention and to remind you to continue to be mindful and slow down. So it's, it's just, it's a reminder. We could all get those signs that say like, calm down, stop, take a breather. But I think that the subtle reminders are nicer because they're for you. And it's, it's not like out there for the whole world to see what you're working on. <laughs> so if you get, you know, a sun catcher with black tourmaline and you see it all the time, it's like, oh, I'm working on grounding myself. And that can be just a reminder of like, I need to take a breather. I'm running out the door. I need to sit down and take three deep breaths before I do anything else. And I feel like that's so important. We live in such a fishbowl society and there's this pressure to keep up, this pressure of like, go, go, go. And you've been such an advocate, both in person, but then on social media, especially of showing up for yourself. What does that look like in the context of being a small business owner, right? Or just a business owner. Sometimes I feel I'm like, I'm not a small business owner. I'm a business owner. Yeah, I use reminders. To be very honest with you, this is a tattoo that I have on my hand because I see it all the time and it's reminding me that you create your own reality. So when you're down in the dumps, just change it. How I show up for myself is like an acorn, not like an acorn, like <laughs> like a squirrel. Leaving myself little acorns everywhere is reminders. If I get to a place where I feel very overwhelmed or anxious or angry, I have reminders everywhere. 
that are just telling myself to be mindful. You have the tools to get through all this. You have the tools. You just need to take a minute and see it from the bigger picture. So what tools specifically? Is it just, is it things that you've read, things that you've learned or things that you've been taught? Just really anything, right? All of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go lift something up heavier. Go, you know, go for a walk, get some vitamin D, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then just assign intention behind it. Yeah. That's why I use crystals. That's why they're all over the house. That's why herbs are all over the house. There's four smudge dishes in four different rooms to reel you back in because it is overwhelming. It's hard to run a business and work part-time and run another thing full-time and like keep the house clean and have like the side gig. And make dinner. And make dinner. (laughs) Maybe order dinner. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like the herbal remedies are going to be really something I'm going to offer in a different capacity now. They're going to shift to be like online orders or custom orders. I feel this way. Can you can you create something for me? I find that just selling them face to face is great, but it's more of like an experience station at that point where we just talk about it. So those are just going to shift a little bit. Um, I started making herbal remedies in about 2015 Mm -hmm. and they've been a huge part of my daily everything mm-hmm. <laughs> for five, eight or so years. So pretty soon after I filled the trash can with all the garbage, right. I started making my own stuff so I knew it was in it. Yeah. As for being like on the table and at my booth and in front of me, they were... They weren't there long. Um, so right now, like I have teas and I'm doing a sale on teas. I'm going to phase those out a little bit and do those more behind the scenes, like um, the custom orders and online. But they were the true original passion and what I really wanted to sell and create. But I also need to meet people in the middle. And if what I'm selling is working better, then I, I'm, I'm kind of shifting towards that, if that makes sense. Yeah, if you can make, have find a happy medium where yeah. if you have these beautiful earrings that also have crystals that remind yeah. someone to take a breath or take a pause or yeah. just get out and go for a walk, then you are fulfilling all of your needs and your customers' needs. But yeah. when it comes to growing the vision, those online sales or those custom orders the yeah. orders are more of what you're passionate about they are yeah so i and i like the custom orders a lot if i can really sit down and like talk to somebody specifically about what they're feeling how they're feeling what their constitution is their body type then i can feel like i can really make something for that one person but yeah so right now naturopath mainly sells herbal smudge sticks mm-hmm. and all the herbs have different purposes and i'll be creating bundles for certain reasons and intentions the moon necklaces the sun catchers i have some essential oil inhalers I love those. I've seen those, yeah. Yeah, they're small. They fit in your pocket. So you seem to have a good community. Are you originally from this area? No. So I'm from Maine, and I moved here about 10 years ago. And honestly, I'm just very open when I meet people. So that you're not surprised in a few months. Like, oh, you're super weird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just do it right away, and then... I either attract people or don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They either stick around or they don't. (laughs) What is it that's weird? I don't know. I guess I just don't hold back. I just don't care. I learn a lot from kids that way. Just be yourself and make friends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What would, I guess, just with with people then, if they're in a new community or if they're looking to deepen ties or even like re-establish ties or find a better tribe of people, for example... What would you recommend? Like, how do you begin that stripping away, like, all of those layers? Did you ever have those types of layers up where you weren't that yeah. honest or straightforward? Sure. Yeah. Some things help. You yeah. Know. <laughs> Just going with your gut and feeling people's vibrations. And I actually met you at a market, and I liked you instantaneously. We talked about all kinds of social justice issues within yeah. the first, what, <laughs> two hours. Yeah, because I enjoyed your conscious language. Mm-hmm. 
and you were very like open and open with being appreciative of me even sharing something when I just met you. And that's wonderful. I like conscious language. Do you think that that's the norm like in society these days or no? <laughs> Is there a way to like not at all when you're meeting people at markets, for example, or maybe customers, maybe not customers. You're totally. a very open, receptive person. Yeah. What do you do when you're maybe not fully received? Is it something that you feel like you can still serve? Yeah. And I think it's just about being understanding. And that's part of the journey too. like Ayurveda and astrology and human design is it makes me it makes me feel like less to not no judgment because hey, I'm human, but a lot less judgment about people because I'm like, oh, you're this constitution and you're probably hangry or I I just kind of go right to understanding. So if someone doesn't receive me, Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're cranky. Maybe they're just introverted. Like I've know. met some of my best friends that way where like the first meeting was just an explosion. I can say <laughs> almost every single really good girlfriend I have where the first time we met, I said something weird because I was socially trying to just keep up and I'm seen as this extrovert, right? But mm-hmm. I am painfully introverted like it's not even funny and we say the wrong thing and then we don't get off for maybe six months to a year and then those layers kind of break down and so Mm -hmm. it's nice to know that there are still people who are conscious about you know i think just showing people grace like common decency right (laughs) you mean yeah it should be common sense to treat people that way yeah like i said i think my base is still as long as i'm not hurting anyone and they're not hurting me it doesn't i've had people kind of scoff at the stuff at my table before that doesn't hurt me because that's just their opinion and again like i don't know how they were brought up and some people are religious and they really love smudge sticks and sometimes they're the opposite way and they think it's going to bring something dark into their home so it just comes down to understanding and as long as we're not hurting each other i'm honestly like i'm very fine with not being received in that way think that the educational piece has a lot to do with it and I can only imagine that you have so many conversations with people about just something as simple as limit what is that what do you get the most questions about a lot of the times with the smudge sticks people are very just curious in general how do I do it and can I do it wrong I get that a lot well I've always (laughs) (laughs) so yes and no I mean it's just all about your intention and I think a lot of people who are nervous about it like is this gonna is this gonna bring darkness to me it's like I feel like those people need it the most because they're gonna have the best intention so can they do it wrong are they asking if they can invite evil in I thought you meant like the physical lighting I'm like wait a minute I've been lighting it like a cigar I don't know if that's right (laughs) that's one thing I learned at my table too is having open conversation is really beneficial just in general just for our nervous systems because people will slowly get comfortable about like raising their hand and asking questions just i don't you can ask me anything you know like i'm but people don't know that so i think it's the fear of being vulnerable right and opening like extending your hand at a party for a handshake is the scariest thing especially post-covid i feel like there's so much opportunity for healers and and people like you post-covid because correct me if I'm wrong, it just seems like we're all operating in this trauma response, like this consistent traumatic response. And anything that people had before COVID, that COVID really, really brought it out. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing a bigger shift post-COVID? So I also work at an herb store one to two days a week, mainly because it's a dream job. (laughs) So I'm squeezing it in. But I've seen a huge shift in people going towards herbalism and I've definitely seen people with shot immune systems and nervous systems and people just feeling like they're at square one with a lot of things in their healing, whether that be 
nervous to shake someone's hand and feel like I need to go scrub my hand or the opposite of maybe the frustration of people being like, oh, you don't need to do that. And we're all on these different sides with that. So I I definitely think that people were frustrated one way or the other. For sure. So your role in this, I mean, do they, they come in, do a lot of people come in with a goal? Like they know what they're looking for? I guess I, I just grew up in such a military 80s minded family where it was like, get the big horse pills, the ibuprofen when you have a headache, right? Like those yeah. big military issue orange bottles or yeah. whatever. And it could be scary branching out. And I think that's part of the reason I want to shift to word of mouth and custom orders, because then it's a really personal, meaningful conversation, then a quick 10 minute education on it. So I'd say it's pretty 50 50. Like some people have, you know, when I was in school for Ayurveda, we had to have a certain amount of clients. So some people are just like, I don't know, there's nothing really wrong, but I'll talk to you. And by the end of the hour and a half, it's like, wow, I've got six things actually that I really need to focus on. I feel like is it developing that trust just like in any industry or are they maybe not aware of what's going on are people really not that self-aware i think that people's tanks just have to fill before they go for it like there's all this little curiosity but then all of a sudden there's going to be that big push whether your body is making you listen and making you do something about it or you're not having a good reaction to something maybe you're prescribed something that's just not helping you and it's an acute thing that could be handled a different way i think it just is different for everybody don't hate on western medicine you know if someone gets in a really bad car accident and they don't know what's going on you know mris and cts i think are great what are you most excited about that you're working on right now you mentioned that you were doing a bunch of different things And that that tends to come in phases, which I don't think is unique with a lot of artists. Um, I think it's really a benefit. It allows you to be super creative. Probably exhausting from time to time. but It is, but thank you because it is good. I do want to shine some light, like, in positivity on having an ADHD brain and, like, I can do it. Yeah. I'm able to and I run my own thing. I run my own business here. So why not? Um, I just have to learn when I stress myself out and I just have to learn when to slow down. How do you hold yourself accountable? Because I think that that's really valuable for a lot of creators. You know, we can go down the rabbit hole where I'll stay up until 5 a.m. until daylight many, many days. And then I'm like, oh, man, then I'm burnt out for three days and and learning to kind of ride that wave yet navigate it. Yeah, I definitely bounce a lot of ideas off of my partner um, and all the people I'm close with bending just kind of reach out and to chat with them and bounce ideas off of them. And I'm very thankful for their time and appreciative of their time and bouncing ideas off of me and telling me when I should reel it in and when to let it go and when to enjoy the sparks. And I guess I hold myself accountable if when I start to feel crazy and then I realize like, oh, this is your doing. You can fix it or you can go nuts. Mm-hmm. I love that you have such connections because that's something that I've personally been looking to develop is just people that you're close enough to where you can talk about your processes. I feel like so many artists either feel or are very private, more so than people would think, and kind of their art or their what they make is is their way of relating to the world around them, but yeah. it tends to take over their identity. And sometimes that's where I get com- the community over competition thing, because sure, some people are private, but I think a lot of it in the maker world is, I don't want you to have my idea or <laughs> the vendor of where I get this from or... <laughs> So see, so I felt that way with certain things. And it's for beadwork, for example, there are only so many vectors in the world, right? Like there are only so many patterns. And yes, it's infinite. But at the same time, it's the same medium with a limited amount of combinations. And so that is something that happens in in your world in your space as well that I'm hearing. Is it a supply issue? You said like your vendors? Is it 
I think just where it comes to connecting with other people and like you were talking about people being private, for me, it's it's a balance. It's just a balance of like, what do I not want to share with people? What's for me? And, and what do I want to share with everybody? Because mm-hmm. being a maker, whatever I'm selling, promoting, creating is for everybody. And I think that's where I find my circle too, because I have had like just some open fluid conversations with some people and some people just get very defensive. I'm like, well, why do you want to know where I get that? It's oh, like, oh, wow. okay, I'm told, you know, I'm not, I-, I just wanted to have an open conversation. I'm not trying to take anything. And then other people are just like, oh, here, you got a pen and paper. <laughs> I know. And that's where I'm, I'm sitting here as I think I'm like, I really appreciate that you have boundaries because that's something yeah. that I don't naturally have that I <laughs> <laughs> had to learn of like, oh, you got really burned because no one can hurt you more than a friend. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But it, it I do think that boundaries are such uh, social boundaries are such an important thing. Like if you know how to utilize them in a healthy way. I think for me, it's just, again, feeling out that other person, feeling yeah. out their energy and their intention. A, a lot of people just starting out, they, I'm not going to lie, people do sit me down and say like, where do you get your herbs and how do you make smudge sticks? How do you wrap them? Do I do it this way? Do I do it that way? Should I? And I think a lot of it is like, I think that people should kind of pull up their overalls and do their journey. And if people want to reach out to me and like, hey, I'm running into this, I've tried three or four things and I'm just curious. I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't mind helping people, but there, I think that there's just a balance. Have you ever thought about teaching in that? way of doing like a smudge is that any anything in your wheelhouse because for me I look at that and I'm like well that's naturally scalable if people are emailing you or texting you or however asking you how to do something then you're like I could teach uh, makers how to make in in an intentional way and that could really leave an impact is that at all something you're interested in Yes and no. I have offered it and it's like, it's kind of like as soon as there's payment involved, a lot of people didn't want to. Um, We call those ask holes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're asking. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I had a few people reach out to me at the beginning of this year after they saw like my Instagram page. A lot of people were like, hey, can you give me a list of the markets you go to and the, like the people who organize and run it? And how did you find them? And I, you know, I, I did kind of talk to a few people. Then I found myself spending like a lot of time and hours, energy and effort. And so I kind of offered to some people like, Oh, you know, at an hourly rate, I would love to sit down and coach you on how I got there. And then I kind of stopped getting responses. Mm -hmm. So that was a good boundary for me that if it's not worth it for you, it might not be worth it for me to reciprocate that give that information and that's interesting because i feel like people don't value their time right because for me if someone were willing to offer i'm in a coaching group for podcasts for example and i'm paying a very large amount of money to be in the one of the best coaching groups for podcasts in the world because i don't want to waste my time and in the amount of time i could spin my wheels someone could just tell me, hey, here's the path of least resistance. And so it's really interesting, the difference between what are people interested in and what will people give you a card for? What do you think as a maker that you need? What are some needs that you have that maybe are unmet or undelivered that, that you think you could be better served in the community? Right now, all I can think of is everything just on my own. Like, I think I need to... I think I need to make 40 different products so that I know this rhythm and I know how it affects me and I know what sells and what doesn't and what I'm happy creating. From other people, I'm really getting it. You know, I'm close with a lot of vendors and I've grown a lot of trust. So like recently I started a market a month ago and I did something new to my table and someone came over to me and I was like, I kind of felt like they wanted to say something. And I was just like, what do you think? And she said, oh, if I can be honest, I really think that you should remove that. And I was like, thanks. I was actually debating that. (laughs) Yeah. From somebody else's point of view that would be coming in and buying something from me. Like, I I just feel like I already get that from people. And if they don't come up and approach me, I feel like I'm comfortable just asking. You started a market yourself, right? When, When did that happen? 
I did. I started it last November. Why did I? I Winter was approaching. It was November and I wanted to be comfortable and I had a lot of outdoor markets scheduled and I just thought, well, hey, instead of searching over and over again and I'm not finding it, let's create an indoor market where I can be comfortable away from the elements and be in a cozy environment and also provide that to six to 10 other vendors. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting elevated, but also taking other people with you, which is super admirable. Yeah. How's it gone? I mean, it seems to be really successful. You know, it's been a really weird year just in general with sales all it's around. It's been hard, I think, right? Or it's either yeah. been banging or nothing. And every single vendor I've talked to has had the same year where they can't tell. I don't know. I like to talk to a lot of vendors just to see how they feel. And I can't control how much people make. I can only control how much like I advertise for the market, how much the brewery does and giving people all the information they need, right? Like flags and signs. I'm not going to hurt myself. <laughs> but even talking to the breweries, they, they were down 35% from last year. So, you know, we can do everything that we can. It just matters who shows up and how many people show up. And, you know, I was feeling hard on myself the first slow market, but I provide a warm, cozy space and love the staff at both places. And they're both very comfortable groups of people to be around. They're very helpful. So, and the live music is great both places. So, like, I just feel like if if they it wasn't busy or if it was horrible weather for whatever reason, like, people can still leave feeling good. Yeah, you have your priorities. You prioritize people, which is wonderful. And it seems like you put your money where your mouth is and and you do everything that you can to help people, but you can't solve the world's problems. Yeah, there's, there's been a, there was a few very slow ones indoor this year out of anybody's control, but fault of nobody. So there was a few outdoor ones instead and they went really well, much better. So I'm happy about that. We'll just see what happens in the the holiday time. And maybe we're going to do so well that nobody will have to work in January or February. That would be great. (laughs) What is your favorite herb right now? Just close your eyes and point kind of thing. Or crystal. Like, do you have something that you're really relying on right now? And (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Passion flower has always been my favorite herb. I think I've seen photos of you drawing it, perhaps. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a very calming herb. And I feel like it gives my brain a hug. Like, it's okay. Calm down. It's all good. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you drink it in like a tea or do you make a tincture? What exactly? So for people who are listening, like what, what is a tincture? How do you make a tincture versus an oil versus just steep something in a tea? Yeah. So I guess the difference is you can extract an herb versus like a tea and water. You can extract an alcohol or vinegar and add other things to it too. Then my mind's racing now. <laughs> so if I'm making a tincture, is it something like you're letting things sit in mm-hmm. the alcohol for a predetermined amount of time? It's like when you're in, this is the only frame of reference I have, but like when I'm infusing vodka or tequila with hot peppers, right? You let the hot peppers sit for 90 days. What does that process look like for your herbs and your tinctures? Yeah. So if they're fresh, you want to fill the jar with fresh um, and then you add alcohol and you can do it in all different ways. Like I like to use 50-50 so that there's no math involved. I don't I don't like to use Everclear. There's a lot of math involved and Everclear can be too harsh. Herb and alcohol um, and for people who can't drink alcohol or don't drink alcohol, you can do vinegar. Like high calcium herbs do really well in vinegar. Like fire um, cider. Like when you're making yeah. fire cider, you do it with vinegar yeah. or with... Okay, very cool. I've done that. So see, I have done more than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> see, I mean, you can do it. You yeah. Can, um, or glycerin too. But it, it is a simple process if you put your mind to it and you educate yourself. Right. Um, there's a lot of tinctures I made that I wasn't sure if I did the ratios correctly. And I, I didn't end up giving those to anybody. And there's so much noise out there, right? Like we live in such a global internet-based society. How do you know who to listen to? I mean, is it 
building those connections, obviously, but where would people look to gain Mm -hmm. self-knowledge in a world that's otherwise super noisy? That's a good question, because I know a lot of people that were just looking on Wikipedia at one point, and anyone can be on there, you know? You can change anything and create words on there. So at first, what I did is I made sure I found the same information in several different books first. And then a lot of information I got was from one person named April Woods. And on social media, on YouTube and Instagram, she goes by, she is of the woods. And she teaches you how anybody can make medicine, and you're smart enough to do this. So I really like watching her and listening to her talk is really entertaining. So I like to look at like a lot of YouTube videos and see firsthand like this is what the plant looks like and get information but also read it in my books. If you're really into herbs you'll find there's so much free information like it's ridiculous. Like Mountain Rose Herbs sells bulk herbs and they have like a whole blog section full of free information. Because I mean that's what would funnel people back to their bulk herbs right? And so reliable sources would be people who are actually living it is what I'm hearing. Yeah. People who are Live, real sources. Yeah, there's just so many. Like for Ayurvedic herbs, I like Banyan Botanicals and they have the same thing. You can take dosha quizzes on there and read their blog. And there's just articles after articles about so many things that it's... You don't have to be licensed to practice herbalism. So you can actually be self-taught and do it at your own pace. There's so much free stuff out there. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, I didn't know that. So you don't have to be licensed to practice it? You don't. What does that mean? So, like, does that mean you can make things and sell them and you don't have to... So there is a little bit of a line. Um, if you're going to be prescribing medicine, you you do need a license. Because someone who is just suggesting it, you don't need a, a license. You don't even need a certification. So you can just be self-taught. There are contra- contraindication with herbs, and they are so freaking rare. There really are, but, you know, if you have cable or if you get prescriptions and you look at the list, it's like, you could die. Or if you touch a receipt. <laughs> oh you know God. about receipts? Yeah. I just learned about receipts. Yeah. <laughs> I've been but pressing like, no receipt on everything. There's, <laughs> right? There's things everywhere. Yeah. But we're really comfortable taking stuff out of an orange bottle. Even with the list that they staple to the bag of like, you could have diarrhea for five days or vomit or... Heart murmurs. <laughs> right, or- yeah. <laughs> but with herbs, it's like they're they're very rare, but people do get nervous on like jumping in and taking that and new age, you know, quote unquote. And you're like, well, this is historically what people have been using forever. And I wonder why that is that people get so nervous. Is it just what they're taught at a young age and then it's ingrained in them and the synapses are just so quick to fire? Or, I, I don't know. What the do you news. <laughs> yeah. You really think people are that tied? I think that we're just conditioned. I, I think that we've been conditioned for a long time to be afraid of that sort of crazy thing and witchery. And Theo is so distracting. <laughs> He's good. I think that people are conditioned. Like, that's why they came up with conspiracy theories, because you're crazy for thinking that and feeling that. And then people get for nervous. seeing evidence and tying it together, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, I think that sometimes it's that same feeling that are engraved in people, but... The more people have success stories and talk to each other, the more I see people coming in and in person or wanting to talk about it. It's like, oh, well, that really worked for my sister or my mom. So Uh-oh, we may have to stop for a second. I find that I get so nervous before anything new shows or it's so funny. Gleb calls it the panic because <laughs> I asked him one day, I said, you know what? What would I do without you? You know, you have the little loving like coup yeah. stuff. And he looked at me straight in the face and he said, panic. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, no. Is he your anchor? He, I think so. You know, I'm a little miss like all over the place. Like I flit around. Let's all talk the time. about it. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about what what that feels like. Like yeah. before you got here, before you start these, like what what does it feel like? What's the 
anytime I do something new, if it's whether it's a new location, like sense of place is super important to me, sense of place and ritual. And so it could be going to somebody's house that I may not know, you know, and like sitting down, let's be like, let's be super vulnerable and connect or going to a show. I got so nervous. What show did I do? Where I was like irrationally nervous. I think it was the Blue Ridge Artisan Market at the Blue Ridge Beer Garden. Mm -hmm. And that is a great show. And everyone I know has had a bang in time. I had a bang in time. I made rent. Life was good. But I was so nervous. And just like this flood of insecurity came in. And it's like your products sell all the time. You're doing custom orders all the time. What is it? Just this insecurity and this confidence just was completely shot yeah so how would you remind yourself going into it oh maybe i'm avoiding or just not getting everything set up the way that i need to in my car to, to set up my show for success and i know subconsciously that it's because i'm avoiding doing something new so then in the morning i panic and get all this adrenaline yeah and then that gets you through the show but that's not healthy that's so toxic well, yes and no. Now now you're aware of it, which is great. So now it doesn't have to be toxic anymore. Now it can be exciting. Mm-hmm. And now... Because exciting excitement's when you do something about it. And nervousness yeah. is just when it sits. Yeah. Worry, right. Or like for me, like I, I don't drink caffeine. So when I get nervous or excited, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm full of adrenaline. Now I have energy. Looking at it as a positive way. How would... Like if you were to tell me about this and come to me and ask me what would I do about this? I would say first you still need to narrow it down because it's more, it's bigger than that. It's so much bigger than it's just new. That's, that's a comfortable way of looking at it, but that's not the whole reason. Well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like I would say for some people, this is just an example. This is not from anywhere or anyone, but like, oh, like I just, I, I want to know where the bathrooms are. I want to know where their food's going to be. I don't know this area. Am I going to get there in time? Like maybe it's driving there. Maybe it's directions. Maybe it's who am I going to be next to? Am I going to make friends? I didn't even think about all that stuff. But as you went down that list, I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think what always helps me for something like this, I would suggest to somebody a selenite wand that I have, the wrap selenite wands. We could have one here. You could hold it. You could carry it in the car, carry it in your purse, put it behind your vendor table, like where you cash people out. And and for you, I don't know, like your mantra, I would make, it's going to work out. It's going to be fine. <laughs> like there's always a bathroom everywhere. There's always food everywhere. I always make it on time because I'm a very prepared person. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you are responsible. You give yourself credit. And I feel yeah. like that's yeah. a great reminder. You get lost, you get lost. That's yeah. why you go early. <laughs> and you know yourself. You know you're a kind person. You know you're on top of it and you're prepared in all the ways. So if you were late, you'd go talk to somebody. You know, like it's all going to work out. Yeah. But that's why I have reminders because it's not always that easy. Like right now, sure, it's easy to talk about. But then like if I go somewhere new, I get that little rush sometimes too. And I just have to like look around, take some deep breaths, sit down. Oh, I have the tools for this. This is easy. I've done it 50 million times. I wonder how many people truly suffer in that way that we have no clue about. I mean, as someone who organizes markets, I've seen it a lot. Yeah. Like I always show up 20 minutes early and don't tell people I'll be there early (laughs) because I know that someone like me is going to show up early and want to get the lay of the land. So I think just first of all, just looking at it in a positive way Mm -hmm. instead of like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm being anxious. I'm driving myself crazy. Well, even this conversation was super uplifting. It was, oh, I got really excited about it. Talking about something totally vulnerable. Then it's all about intention setting. And that's an example of what people would come to me and ask me like, hey, do you have anything for this? Do you have anything for anxiety? Do you have any reminders? Do you do you have anything that will promote grounding or remind me to calm down or slow down? So you're really having conversations like this at shows. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I had a little <laughs> girl come up to me like two months ago. And she could barely see over the table. 
And she said, I really just wanted to hang out at your table. Is that okay? It's really comfortable over here. And I was like, cool, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Children are so incredible. They're just so open and accepting, and they know it. You can't lie to kids. Yeah. They see right through it. So that just made me feel good right there. Like, wow, okay, it's working because yeah. kids don't lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people open up a lot. Like, hey, I, I really need to get a gift for a friend of mine. They just went through a really heavy breakup or a death or some emotional clearing, healing, whatever. And, and I think that... When people realize that I'm open to it and I'm comfortable, people don't mind talking about it at all. Because I think it's that wall of judgment just gets dropped. Like, oh, I can ask you and you're not going to look at me weird and you're not going to think I'm crazy. What a unique way that you must see your customers, right? Or your the people it shows that, you know, other vendors may see them one way and then you get to see such a beautiful, really positive way because they're coming to you for solutions. It seems like it would be positive. It is. And honestly, I, I do need to make a living and I need to make money. I need to pay back for all the material that I purchased for all the time and effort and energy. But if talking with somebody for 20 minutes about something that's going to help them that maybe I don't even have on the table, I, I'll do that because that's what makes me happy to have that conversation to someone who's open about it. So I feel like our brains together, we would have great girls nights because we just go. <laughs> and then your neighbor has a dog over here. So I've been like. Yeah, there's like the black cute. dog who keeps running That's around. Phoebe. She's adorable. She's a good girl and she's fast as fuck, boy. Yeah. <laughs> You've talked openly, you kind of hit on it before about like community over competition. And we talked a little bit about competitiveness in the maker space. But what do you think makers need more of when it comes to cultivating that community over competition? How can we be leaders in the space to move forward in a positive way? I know exactly how to answer that. And it's having less ego, have less ego, talk to your ego. I mean, you're always going to have one. We're human. We need it to survive. Mm -hmm. But in that space of creating community, it needs to take a back seat. How does it show up? I just, I, I don't know. I was someone who feels a lot. <laughs> I feel a lot of a lot. It's, it's just like a sense of aggression that I feel. Because there's a difference, like in your business, I think you should be 100% confident, of course. It's your business, what you're selling, what you believe in, but there's a difference between the ego. Yeah, and there's being a difference confident. between, I guess, being aggressive towards your goals. Because when I think of aggression, I'm like, oh, that's great, but being hostily aggressive. Yeah. And does it, is it just a, it's a vibe, is what it sounds like? How have, I, how have I seen it come up? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I've done a lot of different markets. Like I said, to the point where people out and reach out to me, how did you find those? And the reason why I'm doing them is to find out where I'm comfortable and where I belong, where I fit in. Like, where do I sell really well, but where am I also happy and comfortable? I know for some business owners, that won't matter. It's where do I sell? That doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but as people who pick up on a lot, that's really important to us is being comfortable. So for me, like, where is my place? My place is with coordinators that take the time to invite specific people and to set a certain intention and to have a comfortable space to sell. I think that where where I've seen the ego show up in the maker world is like I said before like people who are just really hesitant to share any information with you in an aggressive defensive standoffish yeah. is what it sounds like. Okay. Defensive response. I had someone try to approve my products to me that was just a, a fellow vendor at that point and that was very heartbreaking. We had very very different items. You know the story. I know people out there listening are going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's happened to me." So I I've seen it show up in a lot of ways. I've had people, I've had vendors send friends over to my tent and make comments towards me. Yeah. 
I guess being a champion in your community would just be moving beyond that. Like, I, I make candles and beaded jewelry. Yeah. But I've been looking for someone who makes beaded jewelry just to be a friend, just so we can talk about the horrors of sometimes beaded jewelry and the wins of it. And like, hey, I just did this thing or I did this thing. And maybe we do the same thing, but it's also different. And I have the perfect person for you. And one of her mottos every time I sell with her and people get aggressive, she says, there's enough money for all of us. Yeah. And she does beaded work and you would love her. Her name is Manuela. Oh, wonderful. I've never met her. She's delightful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, the community over competition thing, like there, there's a combination of the ego and the confidence and, and selling and like, sure, some things are kept for yourself and, and, you know, you don't want to share all your like special ingredients and special secrets, you know, but there's a difference when you're, when you're talking about community. Yeah. yeah. That's how we coexist. And that's yeah. honestly, that's how you find your people. Because if you're not going to open up to people, how are you going to know who your people are? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, how are you ever going to know? And I think it's important on our journeys to really just take a step back to sometimes. and Because it's so easy to get so burned by society. I know that that's where I was for a long time. Where yeah. I was just so burned. I really needed to take a sabbatical for like several months. Just take a fucking break. You yeah. know, I don't know if I can say fucking on... On, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm going to mark 18 and up <laughs> explicit. <laughs> but uh, I had to take a couple months off because I got so burned to where it was like, not only do you not, now do you not trust, but you're not even open to trying. And for someone like me, that goes against just my core values of who yeah. I am. So I love that you're able to see that and that you're able to, when you curate your markets, yeah. that you can control what you can control. And then you just don't be a part of what you can't. Yeah. The more that I stay on my high va vibration, the more that I stay in my center, the less energy I put into that, the more that I, I find myself surrounded by nothing but good people. Mm -hmm. And I, I tried, you know, specific markets many, many, many times in a row. And the more that I ended up next to that certain person mo over and over again, then it was just like, it wasn't worth it. I'm noticing that with some of my friendship circles, like as I grow, it, it really became apparent with the podcast that as I started this journey not everyone wants to get on board and I don't expect yeah. everyone to jump on I actually have let people come to me but it's one of those things where I've learned that as a project has grown certain people have fallen further and further away if not adversarially away and so I like when you talk about as you get more in tune with your vibration and your energy then you'll start to get more of your people and I've always heard you know where the focus goes the energy flows but maybe where the energy flows, the focus should go is Ooh. might be a more appropriate because how I think that you're going to filter out really quickly your community and who listens to this mm -hmm. because somebody who cares so much about their own and not other people and not community, they're not going to take the time to want to listen to other vendors talk for an hour. I just think when, when you're asking about like, how did you get such a tight group of people like feeling out other people's energy, of course, but also like putting myself out there to other vendors and not just waiting for everyone to come to me and come behind my table and come shake my hand. I did a market recently with someone who was brand new and she just seemed kind of nervous. And I just went over and talked to her and just said like, hi, how are you feeling today? And she immediately was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I don't know what I'm doing. Does this look okay? And she immediately was just vulnerable and un unleashed the floodgates opened and I was like, it looks great. You're doing great. Like, no, no one really knows what they're doing, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and take it as it comes. Um, but that was rewarding to me because I had a nice conversation with her at the end of the market. She came over and she said, I just want to say thank you so much for being such a kind person because, you know, this was my first market and I didn't really get any warm response. 
that's not competition there. Me being kind to her doesn't affect me in a negative way. You're treating people like people. You know what I mean? Like, I think that if everyone started thinking about how they felt as a new kid at school or just like standing up talking in front of a classroom full of new people and you remember how crappy that could feel, just like be a kind person all the time, no matter what. You know, Mm -hmm. I just don't, I personally don't understand why that's so challenging. But again, I don't know how everybody was brought up. I don't know the chips on their shoulders, so I try to walk Or the fight they got into with their husband before they even went to that market, you know, that kind of thing. Like, there's always, I feel like once you find out things, you're like, whoa, I'm blown away and I have even more compassion. Lowering the judgment down helps a lot because Mm -hmm. you never know. Part of my journey with herbalism and healing is like, I am not perfect and I want everyone to know that. You know what I mean? Like when I do Instagram posts, I'm not going to rearrange my entire house so that it looks like my house is perfect and clean all the time because it isn't. I'm tidy, but like, I don't want to give people that false idea. There's so much fake footage out there for our eyes. <laughs> well, and then it makes it unapproachable. It makes it seem like it's this lofty aspirational goal. It's so far away. Yeah. And, yeah. and we need to do away with our aspirational selves and just really meet ourselves where we're at. If you're miserable and, you know, crying in your car every day before you go to work, then maybe we should look at that, right? And talk yeah. about that rather than focusing on someone else who appears a certain way with a perfect kitchen and marble. And, you yeah. Know, and I'm not, and I, I don't want people to know that because I've tried all the herbs that I offer. I've tried all the smudge sticks that I offer. I try everything as intentional reminders. I, I try the meditation. I, I do all of that myself. So I feel like I want people to feel good about trusting me because I want to be educated before that it's something that I just throw out there as someone who's been through many different things and felt so many different things when it comes to emotions or pain or metaphysical (laughs) down the rabbit holes, whatever it might be. I just feel like I've got something for everything at this point, or, or at least a suggestion or a tool, like my toolbox is just overflowing and I want everyone to feel that way. I want everyone to feel comforted that whatever happens to them, they know, they know how to handle it. And they have an advocate and like a real resource. And that's so incredible. I love that you took the time to fill your cup before Mm. pouring into others and where you intentionally worked on yourself. And then you said, I really have real skills now where I can go out and help others. And you didn't rush that process. Secure your mask before (laughs) helping someone else. (laughs) Yeah. If you're a maker out there struggling, you know what you're doing. It's all good. (laughs) Laugh at yourself. If you're beating yourself down, just Try to giggle at yourself. Try to access your inner seven-year-old and go put your feet in the dirt and blow some bubbles and play with sidewalk chalk. And <laughs> Key takeaways from our conversation today with Natural Path. Number one, trust the timing of divinity, including those divine delays. Things happen as they're meant to, and we can manifest and generate out of that. Focus on what you can control and then make it happen. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Gradual changes or a massive overhaul can make sense for you. Number two, try to look at making as a combination of three things. What's going to sell well? What brings me joy? What do I enjoy making? 
And finally, what benefits and helps the customer's lives? Number three, keep your mission and vision at the forefront of all product decisions. Show up for yourself like a squirrel and leave acorns everywhere as reminders for how you want to live your life. Be the squirrel. <laughs> Number four, open conversation is truly beneficial to the nervous system. Try dialing down your ego and getting to know people a little bit better. It is only going to help the community as a whole. And number five, we are all in this together. There is something that you can learn from every single person that you encounter. Life is not meant to be lived perfectly. And all of those flaws are where we find our sacred design. 